Get road trip ready with a service checkup at your local Chevy dealer. They can save you time and money and get the job done right the first time, worry-free. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for current service specials or to schedule a test drive. Blackhawks Live. The voice Hall of Fame wins. Go Blackhawks! That's hockey, baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, it's time for Blackhawks Live. Let's pull back the curtain, go behind the scenes of your favorite hockey team. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Here's Chris Bowden and Nick Gismondi. Yeah, welcome in. Another, uh, let's see, our Monday number four here since we uh, began the season before puck drop happened in Tampa Bay four weeks ago. And uh, always having a lot of fun here on these hour-long Monday night shows. Nick Gismondi and yours truly, Chris Bowden, joining you. We will be joined in a few minutes by Blackhawks head coach Jeremy Carlton, and uh, he's coming off a win last night. He and uh, 21, 22, maybe even more other guys. 3-1 the final over the Columbus Blue Jackets and... uh, Nick, second straight Monday. We, you know, we have a game to to talk about in which, uh, you know, we, we both came away impressed. In last week's instance, they were coming off a victory over Detroit. We wanted to see how they would handle that, uh, tasting success for the first time, and they came up with an even better effort against the Red Wings in that uh, Sunday afternoon matchup. And this Monday, they they fall to Columbus Friday two to one in a game they probably easily could have win. In some cases, may have deserved to win. Uh, how would they react to that? Would they get frustrated, or would it spur their on, spur them on even more to an even better performance? But the latter is what we saw last night in the three one victory. Yeah, listen, I, I love the I love the adaptability of this group, and I know we're going to talk about it later a little bit, and we'll get into it with Coach too. But when you think about the situation that these guys have been in this year, it's really impressive where they're at. I mean, like I've said a million times, the shortened training camp, the weird summer, right into a you know a season of some some uncertainty, and then on top of all of that, you, you've got a virtually half of the lineup brand new and, and different guys and different looks and then a taxi squad and a, a complete changeover in your goaltending situation from last year. So the fact that these guys have been able to do what they've done and to be where they're at right now, I think is very impressive. Yeah, they're they're a little bit below 500 at the moment, but keep in mind, they've got nine points. They're two points off the top of that uh uh, off the top of that division, and on top of that, they have nine points, which is the same as the Tampa Bay Lightning, your, your Stanley Cup champion from last year. So everything that these guys are doing is the right thing, but take take numbers and, and stats aside and get rid of that. I just like the way that this this team is complaining, uh, playing, and I like the way that this team is competing on a night-in, night-out basis. Yeah, and there's there's just so, so many wild cards in the equation here this year yeah. that, that everyone just uh, kind of has to keep an open mind, roll with the punches, and I think that's very much what this Blackhawks team has done since uh, opening up in, uh, you know, those first four games in Florida were a little bit bumpy, but it's about growing and taking incremental steps game by game, and uh, again, it's not always going to be linear and smooth, and the arrow pointing upward, there's going to be setbacks here here and there just by the makeup of this club, but you, you like the direction that they have been taking and the, the consistency they are gradually beginning to show. And coming up this week, you know, I mean, two other, you know, big dogs who have been impressive here from a postseason standpoint lately, Carolina coming to the United Center for games Tuesday and Thursday, and it's off to Dallas to take on the Stanley Cup runner-up for the first time this season coming up on Sunday and then the following Tuesday. So we're going to take our first break here. When we come back, we'll hear from Blackhawks head coach Jeremy Carlton. He'll join us next on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. 
Desperation shot there by Atkinson is blocked by Strom, and time winds off the clock. The Blackhawks hang on for a 3-1 victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. They take back the two points they lost on Friday night, and a good team win here for the Hawks as they beat their Central Division rivals by a pair at 3-1. to one. Ah, the dulcet tones of Johnny Wideman last night at the United Centers. The Blackhawks capped off a 3-1 victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Along with Nick Gismondi, I'm Chris Bowden. It's our pleasure now to bring in the head coach of the Blackhawks in his third season, Jeremy Carlton. Jeremy, uh, thanks for doing this on an off night at home when, when uh, family time, I know, is uh, during the season is so valuable. I, I almost hate to ask this when, when coaches just strive for the, the goal is first place, the goal is lifting a Stanley Cup over your head rather than a 3-4-3 and three record through 10 games. But it seems like this team has come away since that trip to Florida. And um, while I know there is still lots of work to do, you're going to tell us that. What's been most encouraging to you over the past couple of weeks? Yeah, you're you're right. We're we're not satisfied with where we're at, but uh, how we get to where we want to be is getting better every day. And I think we've uh, we've had a lot of good days in a row, uh, as where we're improving. And uh, I think that's that's probably the thing that's most encouraging is that we're trending in the right direction. We've got a lot of young guys who have uh, seized the opportunity to play and and contribute. And and uh, I like the work ethic of our team. And, uh, you know, especially basically since we got back from the road, um, we've been really competitive. And, uh, of course, we want to put more points on the board, but how we get there is by uh, playing hard and doing a lot of little things right. Coach, I got I to gotta pump your tires, and I know that's, that's not a surprise. People will, you know, know that I'm a positive guy. But, you know, for, for me, you being a great communicator, I think puts you in a great spot with this group this year because you do have so many guys that are sort of Swiss Army, right? They're adapting. They're, they're coming in and out of the lineup. They're, they're, they're playing wing. They're playing center. You know, you've got a, you've got a mixed bag a little bit. But be, because you are that communicator, does it, does it allow you to maybe – uh, you know, sort of drive your message across a little bit better with this group because they're a little bit more moldable? Well, I mean, I think it's, I, I don't, communicator, it feels like it's a label kind of. I mean, to me, I'm just being myself. Um, I think it's, players want, can you help me? Can you help me play better? Can you help, you know, how can we win? What's the plan? Um, you know, how can I play more? Uh, how can I, how can I help the team win? And uh, as a coaching staff, that's our job is is to deliver that message and help them out. And uh, you know whether like this year, the year before, the year after, like that's the job. And I think that's that's the part that's rewarding when uh, you know hopefully we can put these guys in good situations and, and help them improve and. And then they're going to get what they want, which you know, depending on where they are in their career. But um, you know, right this year we got a bunch of guys who are trying to find their way in the league, and and how can they, um, you know, contribute at our level, and how can they help us win? And uh, it's fun. It's been a fun group so far. They've uh, the work ethic's been really good. They've practiced hard. They've taken the feedback and responded. Um, and that's how we're going to get to where we're going. I want to dive a little bit deeper into that because you are getting to see, uh, for various reasons, 
how a lot of young players react, uh, take steps forward, take steps backward. Uh, when you and your staff critique them, be it positively or negatively, uh, do they usually know what's coming and see the same things, or are uh, they often, for lack of a, of a, of a better word, uh, oblivious? And, and if that's the case, does that make teaching and coaching easier or more difficult, depending on, on how they see things with that, that you guys are seeing? Yeah, that, that's kind of the journey that you want to be on is so that, uh, you know, the more you work with a guy and the, the more he develops. And I think being, uh, being able to evaluate your own play is, uh, that's a, that's a real big asset. And, uh, typically when you're young and you're learning kind of what it takes that, you know, maybe at a lower level, they really ask to just score, you know, just produce and everything will work out. And the higher you go, um, that becomes uh, not enough, you know. So being able to watch someone's transformation so that, you know, after a game, you know, you, you come at them and you say, hey, I got a couple of clips for you. And then like, yeah, I know. I know what you're going to show me. <laughs> like that, to me, that's, that shows that you're you're going in the right direction. And uh, then they start coaching themselves. Then they start coaching each other, the talk on the bench, the talk in the room, in between periods. Uh, you know they, and that's really when you, you start making progress is was when they know um, they understand how the team needs to play, what's important uh, for the team to have success, and then they take a lot of pride in doing it because uh, that's what it's about. It's you know we talk a lot about protect the guy you're on the ice with, uh, protect your teammates, put them in a good spot. Um, if you have the right mindset, there's a lot of pride that goes into that, and, and it becomes something you can rally around. And so then when you see other guys doing those things, uh, you know, blocking a shot with their back or, you know, driving the puck, you know, 180 feet to, to allow the, the rest of the group to change, uh, taking it to make a play to line, then it's a lot easier for the group to, to recognize that, hey, this is really important. That's what's going to help us win. So um, we're getting there. It's, it's intentions and execution. If if the intentions are good but the execution is off, you know that's where you can that's where you can can work with it a little bit. I, I feel like you're the kind of guy that if if the intentions are bad, that's when that's when you're going to have an issue with what's happening on the ice, and that's what you're going to the want you're going to want to fix. You're not going to penalize them for a misexecution if their intentions are right. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, good summary of of how I think. Um, you know, obviously we want to, we're trying to play the best players. We're trying to win hockey games and you got to earn your ice time based on, uh, you know, how you play. But, uh, we, we have a bunch of players who we feel, you know, the end product is going to be greater than where they are right now. And, and part of how we get them there is to give them opportunity to, to thrive or they may fail. And, but as long as they're failing, uh, you know, in the right way, they're trying to do the right thing. And uh, maybe they can't quite execute, or it doesn't work, or bad bounce, or whatever it may be. Like we can live with that because over time, if you do the right thing over and over again, you're going to get rewarded. Where you get in trouble is where you you get away from it and you kind of do your own thing and and uh, don't stick with it long enough to get the payoff. And uh, a lot of times, it's not like uh, it's not bad intentions. It's just it's it's. Uh, but you get in your own way. If you, if you can't stick with it long enough to get the payoff, then uh, you're, you're kind of self-destructing. So 
as a group, we want to be mentally strong that we're just going to, we're going to be relentless. We're going to be persistent. We're going to do the right thing over and over again. And uh, it may be, we do everything right and we still lose, but we'll, we'll be on the right path. And, uh, that's something we got to focus on. Those of us uh, on the beat uh, after today's practice heard from Duncan Keith. Uh, we've heard from him several times uh, since you reported back on January 3rd. Same for, for Patrick Kane, a couple times with Andrew Shaw. For guys who were here long before uh, you arrived a few years ago, um, it sure sounds like uh, they are all in. And despite what they have experienced in the past, the, the, the heights that they have reached, uh, that they are that there's an excitement level to what's going on here, even though those results don't come nearly as easily as they used to back in the day. How important have they been, uh, and how significant is 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 their help in uh, in carrying this message to some of these younger guys you're trying to bring along? Yeah, you're right. They've been great. Um, yeah, you know, they have they've won before, but they want to win again, and they want to be part of winning again, and. It's uh, it's important, you know. These young guys come in, and it's they don't know the league. They don't, you know. It's it's hard to understand the grind. Uh, you can play great, you know, on your first night in, but can you do it on the second one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one? And that's what the guys who've been in the league they can understand the grind, and and the you got to have a minimum standard to your play that's going to get you through so that even when you're not having a great night, you find a way to survive and, you know, you you, you don't get in the way of the other guys having success. It may be that, you know, you're not having your best night, but can you, can you just survive and then it's the guy beside you who's going to pick you up and make the play uh, for the team to win the game. And, uh, you know, ultimately going back to the way it was before, like the league's changed. The league is tighter than ever. So, you know, the, the margin for error, like if you're not going on any given night, you're going to lose to the other group typically. And uh, where we're at, we're, you know, we're, we're climbing the mountain. We're at the bottom. We're trying to climb our way up. So the, uh, there's not a lot of room for error and that's a hard, it can be a grind, but uh, at the same time, when you look at the guys in our room and the guys who are playing and getting better all the time, they're getting better every day. You see the growth. I think they, just as I am, they, they get excited too, and they see where we can go. And uh, so then it's fun to come to the rank every day. Coach, in addition to, to those positives of the young guys sort of coming along, two big things for me have stood out. The power play success on both units has been great. We've chatted about that a little bit. But the other thing is, and, and I think this might be, for me, maybe the bigger surprise is the performance that you're getting from your goaltenders, specifically Lankanen. How, how much do maybe somewhat little things like the power play and, and obviously your goaltender and those question marks turn into really big things for the group as a whole? Well, those are those are things that build confidence in your team. You know, if you, you dominate for a five-minute stretch and you have a bunch of chances, but they don't go in and then you finally draw a penalty, like the confidence when those guys go over the boards that they're going to keep that momentum going and ultimately the belief they're going to break through is huge for your team. You know, if you go out there and you kick it around and you can't enter clean and it's down the ice, you know, that it's hard to overcome that. Uh, it's not insurmountable, but it definitely makes it tougher. So, you know, that's the, the p- good power play, good penalty kill, goaltending. Those are confidence builders for the group. You can, when you got momentum, it allows you to keep it. And when you don't have it, it allows you to get a stop on it and and start building again. And, uh, you know, those those three portions of the game, you know, I think they've been pretty solid for us and it's allowed us to have some better results lately.
couple more minutes with head coach Jeremy Carlton of the Blackhawks here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Um, Nick and I were talking earlier that, that uh, it, these last two Mondays, coming off the Sunday victories, it's, it's been real fun to talk about the team when it comes to response. And I know that's a, that's a word that you use uh, an awful lot. I don't know what the reaction was like Saturday when you had you know, to abruptly cancel practice when, when two more COVID cases came up. Um, but a response was needed or a reaction, the right type of reaction was needed to yet another type of adversity. Was there some extra diligence involved in order to make sure you kept the group focused? Uh, I think this comes out like on, in page 277 of the coaching man, manual under, <laughs> under under how to handle a pandemic or something like that. But did you, did you have to pay a little extra attention to make sure they weren't distracted by this? Yeah, well, I think it starts, um, you know, in in Nashville. Like we had uh, we had some momentum after the Detroit series, and uh, had a really good first period, I thought. And then we just weren't very good for you know two periods on that night, losing overtime. We weren't happy with with how we played, and uh, you know I thought we responded well with a gritty road game. You know it was tough; it wasn't easy. You know we ha- we got some big saves. But we found a way to get another point, and then we came home. You know, and I thought our response on Friday was so good; like we played so good, and yet didn't you know come away with nothing. And that's the point. Those are key moments in a team, uh, you know, sort of their growth. Like, how do they respond? And I've seen it both ways, where you kind of you, know, you just can't recover and you you go into a funk for a few days, or or like I feel we did, we we just kept our foot on the gas and and uh, stuck with it. You know, that to me was so important that response. And um, you know after Friday night, like, of course, you send the message after the game, give them the feedback. I mean, we played well, really well, and it didn't work out for us, but, uh, you know, hoping the next day we kind of double down on that and, uh, you know, send the message again, team video, okay, look at all the good things we did. Well, you know, you wake up and, and then, uh, obviously, the, you know, COVID situation gets a little bit worse. So, you know, it's a challenge, but I thought the guys were great. Like, they, you know, we didn't skate. We still had the video meeting on Zoom, uh, came to the rink, guys were ready, locked in, and we did what we had to do. It was a really professional performance, and so we get to keep our momentum, and uh, that's great, but then it's the same, can we keep it? You know, Can we keep pushing? Can we keep kicking the door in? And uh, that's, it's not going to last forever, right? We're going to have a setback at some point, but then again, it's how do you respond to it? And uh, that's how you build uh, toughness in your group and uh, resiliency that you need to have success. Well, uh, go kick that door down again uh, tomorrow night against uh, <laughs> against against Carolina. It, it's just it's just interesting these these next opponents is always uh, taking nothing away from Columbus or, or Nashville, but you know here as we go along, uh, more, uh, even more challenging opponents it seems. Not that any aren't, but uh, curious to see the response again tomorrow night. Hey, I know you got three kids. Uh, go go back to them before uh, before they crash on you. Okay, yeah, thanks, coach. Back, back to back to FaceTime. I got an hour. I got an extra hour. They're they're. Out west in calgary so i got it i got it i got a little bit of weather room here very good enjoy thanks for doing this we appreciate it good luck tomorrow night thank you head coach jeremy carlton joining us here on blackhawks live appreciate his time nick and i will discuss a few things about uh, what he said as uh, well as some other stuff as well when we move along here up until eight o'clock 
Maybe we'll even ask, you know, if any listeners want to ask us a question or something like that on social media, we, yeah. can, uh, we can maybe kick some of those around. Again, you're listening to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Nick and I are back right after this, but first, it's the 7.30 News with Vic Vaughn. It's been great so far. Uh, I think this, uh, the time in Switzerland for sure helped me to come ready uh, for camp here. And uh, um, I think uh, I got uh, some momentum from playing there and uh, got it over here. So um, it's been good so far. That's one of the Blackhawks' new Swiss Army Knights, if you will. You got Pew Suter. And that was Philip Kurashev. You know, just uh, go play with Patrick Kane, Pew Suter. You get a hat trick last Sunday. <laughs> Philip Kurashev, you go center for Patrick Kane. You get a goal and assist and, and let 88 get a goal and assist last night in the 3-1 victory. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Along with Nick Gizmondi, I am Chris Bowden, and uh, just heard from Jeremy Carlton. We w- the wish could have gone longer and longer. He's so detailed in his answers sometimes that, that yeah, you want you want to uh, keep firing away some questions at him, but uh, we want to let him have some family time on an off night as well. But uh, you, we just heard from Philip Kershev, and another one of those guys. One of the questions I wanted to ask Jeremy was uh, he didn't necessarily have to name names, but I think. Uh, Nick, you can start to see here just 10 games in um, some pieces on this roster, some young pieces on this roster that you can envision being key components to this club when it becomes good. They're already competitive right now with with their mindset and style of play. But when it becomes one of those teams that could hang with you know, you're the, the modern day Tampa Bay Lightning or, or, you know, the Colorado Avalanche once you get back in your division, uh, the St. Louis Blues, the Vegas Golden Knights. You are starting to see some young pieces here that are, you know, instrumental as they develop to, to being factors, uh, when this team is, uh, is a factor again among the NHL's elite, uh, a couple of years down the road. You know, we talked about this a little bit before we came on, and, and you said it, and I want to touch on it, uh, but you get full credit for, for kind of identifying this group as blue-collar right now. And I think that's the thing that excites me the most about what's going on. They've, they've taken some lumps, obviously, with some unfortunate situations with injuries and obviously some COVID absences, but they have rallied and bounced back and dug in through it. And a lot of that credit goes to some of these young guys. Uh, you know, I love the performance of Kershaw. I love the confidence and the take the team on his back mentality of Lankinen as as well as the play of Puce and and then Kane has been fantastic. Zadorov has been a great addition. Connor Murphy is emerging as a leader. Shaw is doing his thing. You can go I can go up and down this roster and point out a positive aspect to every single one of these guys. And you know, I was with I know I'm always the positive guy, but whatever, that's who I am and that's that's who I'll always be. But you you know, I was with the Vegas Golden Knights for two seasons, and I watched that group sort of come together and have that same pull-themselves-up-by-the-bootstraps mentality. A little bit different, yes. Those guys were the, the misfits, if you will, that came from other teams because they their team didn't want them and they were picked up in the expansion draft. But watching what the Vegas Golden Knights built for two seasons, there's a lot of similarities with what's going on here and just that vibe that you get from these guys, even though we can't be in the locker room and really pick up on most of it. Just the, the the mentality that you can see and that little sparkle in the eyes of guys like Keith and Kane and Shaw and Murphy that you can tell that they're encouraged to try to pull these guys up and kind of run with it. And that a lot of that excitement, a lot of that momentum comes from these young guys. You, you know, we talk about Kershaw. He was 6 for 10 on draws. Mm-hmm. 
That's the most that's the most faceoffs he's ever taken in his career. Yeah. And he has a multi and his in his first multi point effort picks up a goal and an apple. I mean, that's what you want. You love that in Suter. I mean, he's got the confidence of a veteran. Yeah, and the other the other thing that this team has has done well. You you look at those first four games when they give up twenty goals, and this this ties into um, a guy who is starting to establish himself there in net and with the way he has performed here over these last five games when he's allowed two or fewer fewer goals in, in, in Kevin Lincoln, and, um you're seeing a more confident group playing in front of him. And as a result, after his NHL debut, last six games, 10 goals against total for this team. And that includes Malcolm Subban's nice little bounce back last yep. week. We should, you know, stick tap him for the way he rebounded, uh, knocking off two weeks of rust since he first debuted and having to sit around and work on things on his own individually. These last six games, they've allowed 10 goals against. Granted, on the other end of the spectrum, the offense has dried up a little bit when, you know, you lose a Boquist and a Debrinkit, just seven goals now over the last four games. Uh, but, you know, we talked a lot about in, in the pre and post game, and a lot of people on the outside talked about the five on five play. Uh, they pick up three five on five goals last night against a very good defensive Columbus team. Granted, Elvis left the crease, and that helped a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's taking advantage of the opportunities that you have. And, um, yeah, I think I think if, if people can, you know, shut themselves off, if, if a lot of longtime Hawks fans who have, you know, uh, reservations or issues with the direction this franchise has decided to go and trying to, you know, tear things down a little in order to build things back up again, uh, if they can... You know, take away any bitterness from that's that part from a mental standpoint, and and see how this team is working hard again, and all seem to be on the same page here since those first four games of the season. I don't I don't know how people can't see the progress being made from a systematic standpoint and a structural standpoint. It's the way of the NHL now. No team is going to be able to sustain that meteoric level. For, for for as long as we've seen teams like especially Chicago maintain it for as long as they have. I mean, listen, when in the in the heyday of Chicago, they were fantastic and the Los Angeles Kings were, were pretty good right around that time. Well look at the Kings. They've been in the doldrums a lot longer than Chicago has. Same thing's gonna happen, you know, for a Tampa Bay here shortly. There's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of other situations where these types of things are going to you just can't you can't maintain being you know at the top of the league for ever and ever and the way that this team is rebuilding back and the way that they've put the focus on a how they draft and then b complementing those drafts with picking up free agents from Europe or wherever they may be that's what you that's what you want to do you, you you have layers of support and we're seeing that right now with this organization I've, I've had I've had some unbelievable conversations with Stan Bowman and I understand the direction that these guys are going in and and when you look at the totality of the pieces and how quickly I think that they've come together and where they're at currently given the situation it's a, it's much it's many 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 more positives than it is negatives for this organization and 
Listen, I know I'm the new guy. I, I you know, I, I was I was in Vegas for two years. Uh, this is only my second season, you know, sort of covering the Chicago Blackhawks. But I've seen enough and I've been around enough to know that what is happening here is special and it is going to take a moment. But trust me, when it comes around and it's going to come around quicker than everybody thinks, it's going to be real good. Well, and another another interesting thing that that I've heard over the course of the last week or so, when when people have have noticed how much better this team has been playing, I've had. You know, some uh, listeners, some fans come up to see me and say, "Hey, I wonder how good this team would be if if Taves and, and, and Doc were were healthy and, and, and available, and and seeing how these guys around them. Well, uh, that's all well and good. We all wish that, but by the same token, these other guys, we have five players on this Blackhawks team this season who have made their NHL debuts. The yep. most recent being Reese Johnson, and you know we're. It, it would kind of interrupt the process. Yes, of course we'd want Taves and Doc around, but by the same token, that is opening the door and allowing you to see more of these players and see what their capabilities they are and how they handle uh, the very best league in the world, um, You know, not only from an NHL debut, but okay, let's see how now that Reese Johnson's tape is out there, how he responds moving forward in the Carolina game, how Ian Mitchell responds over the course of the season, or Philip Kurishev, um, that's kind of the blueprint of, of what this team is going through this year. And unfortunately, yeah, we'd love to have uh, Johnny and, and Kirby along for the ride. especially. For sure. you know, but this is also opening some doors, and it, it's taking advantage of this opportunity with the hand that they've been dealt to learn a little bit more about what we were just discussing, these pieces that they can use here down the road. Well, and, and, and look at it this way. Guys that have gotten their debuts are performing. Reese Johnson last night, in his, in his debut, he had seven hits. It's seven hits. That's a lot of hits for a guy that's Bowling just getting... Ball. Getting his nose into the into the NHL. I'm sorry. That's 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 a big that's a big number, right? And then you've got you know Zadorov the same way. He's coming in. He's playing physical. He had six hits. That's that's a third time this year he's had six or more. And by the way, he leads blue liners in the NHL with with 41 already this season in just 10 games. But I think a lot of it goes back to and, and this is something that I we we sort of touched on with with coach. But he is a straight with you guy. He, he there's no guesswork. Good or good or bad, whether whether it's whether you played great or whether you played bad, uh, you're not going to leave the rink with a question mark on w- what Jeremy Carlton thinks of the way that you played. And what that does is it gives these guys and bolsters these guys and gives them an opportunity. They know and, and guys and a couple of rookies have said it. They know that when they come back to the bench, if they've made a mistake. Jeremy's not going to necessarily bench them because if their intentions were the right intentions but the execution was missed, well, okay, let's adjust that. Let's get back out there. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. So with a guy like Jeremy who is the great communicator and he is very um, player's coach, I I would say. Um, I mean, he's a guy that I would want to play for. Uh, I feel like you're seeing these these young guys not necessarily make mistakes, and they go out there with a little bit of less weight on their shoulders. They're not so afraid. They're not gripping the stick so tight. And 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 that development right now in this situation will pay dividends that will put them far ahead of their opponents, I think, in a very short order. Yeah, and all you have to do is go back to last night's postgame if anyone heard Jeremy talk about seeing something that Kurashev did that a lot of fans may not be aware of in that Friday night game. He's held off the score sheet, but using what he saw to bump him up to that line, and you know maybe Suter tries, tries his uh, uh, chances with some of the other guys uh, further down the lineup, and uh, as a result, it's, it's you know, 
pushing those right buttons, pulling when you have to, you know, pushing guys, pulling back when you have to. Uh, that's, you know, the, the give and take with some of these uh, young players that are so prevalent on this Blackhawks roster right now. We're going to take another break here, our final one here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Nick and I are back with more conversation straight ahead on 720 WGN. It's nice to see the young guys uh, get a chance and get an opportunity. You can feel some of their nervous energy, and it's good. Uh, it's nice to have that in the room, and I think a lot of guys are are working really hard. When you have speed and, and you work hard, uh, usually uh, it's a good uh, combination. That's Duncan Keith from earlier today, and uh, kind of what we were touching on with head coach Jeremy Collison earlier when he joined us here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Chris Bowden, Nick Ismondi, with you for about 10 more minutes here as we uh, wrap up this Monday show. We kept it to one guest, and that being Jeremy Carlton, so we don't want to, hope you don't mind uh, Nick and I blabbering the rest of the way here. But I uh, thought we'd bring up some points that, that need like to be per- particularly highlighted with this team right now. And you know, before the break, I, I was mentioning how, you know, uh, Jeremy and his coaching staff, you know, pushing, pulling players, especially some of these young players, and finding out what works and what doesn't. If they see something, promoting them, rewarding them for some of the little things that may not be as noticeable. And on the other hand, you know, trying some guys uh, with with different line mates or different defensive partners. And you know, Pia Suter before he scored that goal the other night, he was knocked down a couple of lines because he had been centering for Yan Mark and Kane, and now with Kurashev sliding in. I think he only saw one shift before he scored that goal in the third period. And all of a sudden, you don't know if that was a button that Jeremy pushed, but nevertheless, um, uh, Suter went out there and was able to deliver. And, you know, as you're going along with a young team, with some of these inexperienced guys, that's what you like to see, uh, that type of that type of response from some of these younger players, even if, you know, they may be dealt in their mind a little bit of a setback within a game. Yeah, not only does he score that goal and come off the bench a little bit cold, probably in his head a touch, but clearly not because he comes out and he scores a veteran goal. That's a smart play. We talked to him after the game last night, but he says he had watched Merlikens play play that game and knew what his tendencies were, knew that he was going to try to play that puck in the direction that he did. So he was already ready to, to jump on the loose puck, and then when he makes that mistake... He, he's smart enough to know, okay, I'm just going to throw it at the net. I'm going to bank it off the goalie. Maybe it goes in, maybe it doesn't, but 100% the right play. He took a look around. He had no passing option. He wasn't going to be able to make a move and beat Merzlikens out into the front of the crease right there until he was back in set. So he makes that bank play off, and it scores a goal, and it's a big goal at a big time. And it's something like that that just tells me, okay, he's thinking on another level, and he's out there comfortable, and he's also out there motivated. Yeah, uh, we, we kicked around the idea of taking some questions on social media. Yeah. Uh, one of our guys, Brandon, is a big fan of the show we really appreciate that he he uh, gave us a shout out here and he wants to know is it too early to say Calder for Lankanen or do I for, dare forbid say Vezina given he continues to play the way that he has been uh, thanks a lot thanks for your question Brandon and uh, I mean I don't know about Vezina Let, let's uh, let's pump the brakes there a little bit but <laughs> from from Calder yeah the way he's been performing so far he should definitely be in the mix I haven't yeah, you know we're so we're so uh, centered on the central division because those are the only teams we're playing. Sometimes yeah. we tend not to pay uh, as much attention to what else is going on in the league in those three other divisions. But um, keep this up, Kevin Lankin, and keep this up, and he's a confident guy enough to keep this up. You would yeah. think. 
Uh, still a big body of work, 46 games to go. But uh, with what he has put on the ice so far, he'd, he'd be very deserving for consideration, Nick. Yeah, I think he's in the mix. And, and, and you know what? Let's not overlook the, the play of Suter. He, he, he's, he's got a team. He's team leading fourth fourth goal, but he leads NHL rookies as mm-hmm. well. So, you know, he, he would be in the conversation. But Lankinen, for sure. Love Brandon. i got to get you on his. He's got a podcast. He's just kind of getting going. Uh, oh, yeah? modes. we okay. got to get you over there. You can have a, have a conversation with Brandon. But it's uh, – I listen, I think that for sure, and I think he's got, I agree with you wholeheartedly, he's got that confidence, and I love that confidence. I mean, you can just see it. It's almost Robin Leonard-esque, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, our buddy Katrina checking in as well. Uh, her big question is whether you went to Palace Grill last season when you were here covering the team. <laughs> Everybody goes to Palace Grill. Absolutely. You've been to Palace Grill. Absolutely. It, right. became my, it became my very unhealthy uh, uh, pregame, post-morning hey, skate routine. it's all healthy over there. <laughs> It's all healthy. But uh, no, George, is, George is the man. He's incredibly lovable. I remember I would, I would go in after uh, practice at the UC on morning skate, and I'd walk down, and whatever breakfast I had that morning, if the Hawks won that night, the next game day, I would go in and do the same thing, and George recognized it. Well, we went on a little bit of a rip there last season where I was doing like the, the heavy meat <laughs> breakfast skillet, and uh, let's just say the suits are a little tighter uh, in, in, in February. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, it's a question, okay, do, do I work out between the morning skate and the game? Game or do I go over to George? I don't Palace think it can be, it can't be both, but uh, yeah. <laughs> delicious stuff, and we love George over at the, over the Palace there. And we heard Duncan Keith coming out of that break, you know. And as uh, we uh, spend the last four or five minutes here on the show, yeah. let's just circle back to the way these guys are handling it because for all the all the rumors, and, and perhaps there was an initial dose of shock when you see, you know, uh, uh, your two time fellow Stanley Cup winners Corey Crawford and Brandon Saad go out the door in a matter of uh, three days or so. I'm sure there was a certain level of shock. But uh, professional athletes, for the most part, if you are professional, there's a reset factor for all of them. And I don't think there's any question that guys like Kane and Keith and Andrew Shaw uh, have hit the reset button and uh, are doing everything they can to speed this process up. Well, you get a guy like Andrew Shaw who missed so much of last year, and he worked so hard to get himself back, not only during the year last year, but then also this summer when he was at home at his cottage on the lake, and it was just a tireless effort to make sure that he was ready to roll. So you get a guy like Andrew who gets back into the mix and who's also just such a leader and such a fun-loving guy to be around, like he breathes and brings into that energy into the room. And then a guy like Duncan Keith and Patrick Kane, I mean, these guys are these guys are rock stars. They're legends. Uh, you you can't help but look up to them and you can't help but feed off of them and and i think you're seeing kane be the great the great uh provider i mean he's he's doing so much uh he's doing he's doing so much to kind of help the guys around him and you can see that he's a distributor right now yeah he's scoring points for sure but i i think the the contribution from patrick kane right now is more about who he is as a hockey player and a leader and what he invokes on the ice by putting guys in good positions by making smart plays by creating opportunities and and in turn that builds up confidence for the other guys and man oh man i mean let's talk about keith i mean what 25 plus ice time last night six shots on net 27th time 
He yeah, had ten six attempts shots total in a game. too. Yeah, it's he was incredible. he was really firing from up top. I think incredible. I think that was that was a point of assertion on his part as well to get pucks on net with all the five on five talk too. <laughs> Did you see what he said in the in the in the the pregame or the post game uh, the post practice press conference about his Corsi numbers? He right. says he's trying to get that up so everybody thinks he's good. <laughs> I think you're all right there, Dunks. Yeah, you're Dun- all right. <laughs> Dunk, Dunk was a little uh, mischievous today with reporters. You know, <laughs> asking what kind of music was being blasted at Fifth Third Arena as well. Yeah. Hey, let's. Uh, take before we wrap up, take a sneak peek yeah. ahead because it's another challenging week. And uh, again, uh, curiosity rises too in, in terms of how the Blackhawks are handling this. Um, uh, Columbus, uh, a a you know very disciplined playoff caliber team, uh, finding a way into the playoffs each of these last two years in that Eastern Conference and uh, being a very legitimate playoff team and, and knocking off Tampa Bay one year, given everything they could handle in the bubble last year. Now you go to other a couple of other teams on the rise, this Carolina squad, even though they have been hit hard by COVID. You look at their numbers, a 1.67 goals against average so far yeah. this season. That leads the league. They only allow 23 shots per game. That's second in the league. That's the challenge for the Blackhawks these next couple of nights against Carolina, even though they lost one of their goaltenders. And then it's a Dallas team. Dallas was rolling along at 4-0, and then they went into Carolina and got beaten twice. One game held to 11 shots on goal, and then the Blackhawks will have the challenge this coming weekend going to Dallas for a matinee on Sunday, then again playing uh, next Tuesday night. I'm just curious, and it's going to be fun to see how the Blackhawks uh, fare against these two teams. Yeah, big test here. Next uh, next four games, really going to be a, another measuring stick for this group and see how they respond to two very different styles of hockey. Uh, you've got a very defensively-minded, smart, calculated, uh, chess-playing Carolina Hurricanes, and then you've got an offense-powered, you know, jacked-up-on-steroids uh, <laughs> Dallas offense. You know what I mean? Not literally, just metaphorically. And without Tyler Sagan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it'll be interesting to see. This Carolina team is good. Ron Brindamore, um, very similar coach uh, that Jeremy Carlton is, a very player-minded coach, uh, a guy who you know puts his boys first and, and kind of puts them on his back. So interesting to see how they do. That's a good team. Hayden Fleury's good. Uh, Aho has been brilliant for them. Svechnikov. Uh, I like that Carolina team a lot. And Dallas, listen, I mean, you're the Stanley Cup runner up, you got a slow start to your season. Maybe you did a little extra work and got ahead. Maybe you got to watch a little bit more. It's nice to see the young guys uh, get a chance and get an opportunity. You can feel some of their nervous energy, and it's good. Uh, it's nice to have that in the room. And I think a lot of guys are are working really hard. When you have speed and, and you work hard, uh, usually uh, it's a good uh, combination. That's Duncan Keith from earlier today and uh, kind of what we were touching on with head coach Jeremy Colleton earlier when he joined us here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive. Chris Bowden, Nick Ismani, with you for about 10 more minutes here as we uh, wrap up this Monday show. We kept it to one guest, and that being Jeremy Colleton, so we don't want to... Hope you don't mind uh, Nick and I blabbering the rest of the way here, but I uh, thought we'd bring up some points that, that need like to be per- particularly highlighted with this team right now. And you know, before the break, I, I was mentioning how, you know, uh, Jeremy and his coaching staff, you know, pushing, pulling players, especially some of these young players, and finding out what works and what doesn't. If they see something, promoting them, rewarding them for some of the little things that may not be as noticeable. And on the other hand, you know, trying some guys uh, with with different line mates or different defensive partners. And, you know, Pia Suter, before he scored that goal the other night, he was knocked down a couple of lines because he had been centering for Yan, Mark, and Kane. And now with Kurashev sliding in, I think he only saw one shift before he scored that goal in the third period. And all of a sudden, you, you don't know if that was a button that Jeremy pushed, 
But nevertheless, um, uh, Suter went out there and was able to deliver. And, you know, as you're going along with a young team, with some of these inexperienced guys, that's what you like to see, uh, th- that type of that type of response from some of these younger players, even if, you know, they may be dealt in their mind a little bit of a setback within a game. Yeah, not only does he score that goal and come off the bench a little bit cold, probably in his head a touch, but clearly not because he comes out and he scores a veteran goal. That's a smart play. We talked to him after the game last night, but he says he had watched Merlikens play play that game and knew what his tendencies were, knew that he was going to try to play that puck in the direction that he did. So he was already ready to, to jump on the loose puck, and then when he makes that mistake... He, he's smart enough to know, okay, I'm just going to throw it at the net. I'm going to bank it off the goalie. Maybe it goes in, maybe it doesn't, but 100% the right play. He took a look around. He had no passing option. He wasn't going to be able to make a move and beat Merzlikens out into the front of the crease right there until he was back in set. So he makes that bank play off, and it scores a goal, and it's a big goal at a big time. And it's something like that that just tells me, okay, he's thinking on another level, and he's out there comfortable, and he's also out there motivated. Yeah, uh, we, we kicked around the idea of taking some questions on social media. Yeah. Uh, one of our guys, Brandon, is a big fan of the show we really appreciate that he he uh, gave us a shout out here and he wants to know is it too early to say calder for lankanen or do i for, dare forbid say vezina given he continues to play the way that he has been uh thanks a lot thanks for your question brandon and uh, i mean i don't know about vezina Let, let's uh let's pump the brakes there a little bit but <laughs> from from calder yeah the way he's been performing so far he should definitely be in the mix i haven't yeah, you know we're so we're so uh, centered on the central division because those are the only teams we're playing. Sometimes yeah. we tend not to pay uh, as much attention to what else is going on in the league in those three other divisions. But um, keep this up, Kevin Lankin, and keep this up, and he's a confident guy enough to keep this up. You would yeah. think. Uh, still a big body of work, forty six games to go. But uh, with what he has put on the ice so far, he'd, he'd be very deserving for consideration, Nick. Yeah, I think he's in the mix. And, and, and you know what? Let's not overlook the, the play of Suter. He, he's, he's got a team. He's team leading fourth fourth goal, but he leads NHL rookies as mm-hmm. well. So, you know, he, he would be in the conversation. But Lankinen, for sure. Love Brandon. i got to get you on his. He's got a podcast. He's just kind of getting going now. Oh, yeah? We've okay. got to get you over there. You can have a, have a conversation with Brandon. But it's... Uh, I listen, I think that for sure, and I think he's got, I agree with you wholeheartedly, he's got that confidence, and I love that confidence. I mean, you can just see it. It's almost Robin Leonard-esque, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, our buddy Katrina checking in as well. Uh, her big question is whether you went to Palace Grill last season when you were here covering the team. <laughs> Everybody goes to Palace Grill. You've Absolutely. been to Palace Grill. Absolutely. It, right. became my, it became my very unhealthy uh, uh, pregame, post-morning hey, skate routine. it's all healthy over there. <laughs> It's all healthy. But uh, no, George, is, George is the man. He's incredibly lovable. I remember I would, I would go in after uh, practice at the UC on morning skate, and I'd walk down, and whatever breakfast I had that morning, if the Hawks won that night, the next game day, I would go in and do the same thing, and George recognized it. Well, we went on a little bit of a rip there last season where I was doing like the, the heavy meat <laughs> breakfast skillet, and uh, let's just say the suits are a little tighter uh, in, in, in February. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, it's a question, okay, do, do I work out between the morning skate and the game? Or do I go over to George? Yeah, I don't Palace think it can be, it can't be both, but uh, yeah. <laughs> delicious stuff, and we love George over at the, over at the Palace there. And we heard Duncan Keith coming out of that break, you know. And as uh, we uh, spend the last four or five minutes here on the show, yeah. let's just circle back to the way these guys are handling it. Because for all the all the rumors, and, and perhaps there was an initial dose of shock when you see, you know, uh, uh, your two time 
fellow Stanley Cup winners Corey Crawford and Brandon Saad go out the door in a matter of uh, three days or so. I'm yeah. sure there was a certain level of shock. But uh, professional athletes, for the most part, if you are professional, there's a reset factor for all of them. And I don't think there's any question that guys like Kane and Keith and Andrew Shaw uh, have hit the reset button and uh, are doing everything they can to speed this process up. Well, you get a guy like Andrew Shaw who missed so much of last year, and he worked so hard to get himself back, not only during the year last year, but then also this summer when he was at home at his cottage on the lake, and it was just a tireless effort to make sure that he was ready to roll. So you get a guy like Andrew who gets back into the mix and who's also just such a leader and such a fun-loving guy to be around, like he breathes and brings into that energy into the room. And then a guy like Duncan Keith and Patrick Kane, I mean, these guys are these guys are rock stars. They're legends. Uh, you, you can't help but look up to them, and you can't help but feed off of them. And and I think you're seeing Kane be the great the great uh, provider. I mean, he's he's doing so much. Uh, he's doing he's doing so much to kind of help the guys around him, and you can see that he's a distributor right now. Yeah, he's scoring points for sure, but I, I think the con- the contribution from Patrick Kane right now is more about who he is as a hockey player and a leader and what he invokes on the ice by putting guys in good positions, by making smart plays, by creating opportunities. And, and in turn, that builds up confidence for the other guys. And, man, oh, man, I mean, let's talk about Keith. I mean, what, 25-plus ice time last night, six shots on net, 27th time. He's he had, had 10 attempts total, game. too. Yeah, he was, he was really firing from up top. I think, incredible. I think that was, that was a point of assertion on his part as well, to get pucks on net with all the five-on-five talk, too. <laughs> Did you see what he said in the, in the, in the, the pregame or the postgame, uh, the post-practice press conference about his Corsi numbers? He right. says he's trying to get that up so everybody thinks he's good. <laughs> think you're all right there, Dunks. Yeah, you're Dun- all right. <laughs> Dunk, Dunk was a little uh, mischievous today with reporters. You know, <laughs> asking what kind of music was being blasted at Fifth Third Arena as well. Yeah. Hey, let's... Uh, Take a, before we wrap up, take a sneak peek yeah. ahead because it's another challenging week. And uh, again, uh, curiosity rises too in, in terms of how the Blackhawks are handling this. Um, uh, Columbus, uh, a a you know very disciplined playoff caliber team, uh, finding a way into the playoffs each of these last two years in that Eastern Conference and uh, being a very legitimate playoff team and, and knocking off Tampa Bay one year, given everything they could handle in the bubble last year. Now you go to other a couple of other teams on the rise, this Carolina squad, even though they have been hit hard by COVID. You look at their numbers, a 1.67 goals against average so far yep. this season. That leads the league. They only allow 23 shots per game. That's second in the league. That's the challenge for the Blackhawks these next couple of nights against Carolina, even though they lost one of their goaltenders. And then... It's a Dallas team. Dallas was rolling along at 4-0, and then they went into Carolina and got beaten twice. One game held to 11 shots on goal, and then the Blackhawks will have the challenge this coming weekend going to Dallas for a matinee on Sunday, then again playing uh, next Tuesday night. I'm just curious, and it's going to be fun to see how the Blackhawks uh, fare against these two teams. Yeah, big test here. Next uh, next four games, really going to be a, another measuring stick for this group and see how they respond to two very different styles of hockey. Uh, you've got a very defensively-minded, smart, calculated, uh, chess-playing Carolina Hurricanes, and then you've got an offense-powered, you know, jacked-up-on-steroids uh, <laughs> Dallas offense. You know, Not literally, just metaphorically And without Tyler Sagan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, it'll be interesting to see. This Carolina team is good. Ron Brindamore, um, very similar coach. Uh, 
that Jeremy Colton is a very player minded coach, uh, a guy who you know puts his boys first and, and kind of puts them on his back. So interesting to see how they do. That's a good team. Hayden Flurry's good. Uh, Aho has been brilliant for them. Svechnikov. Uh, I like that Carolina team a lot. And Dallas. Listen, I mean you're the Stanley Cup runner up. You got a slow start to your season. Maybe you did a little extra work and got ahead. Maybe you got to watch a little bit more. But going to be interesting to see how they respond for sure. All right, uh, been fun, Nick. Let's do this again next Monday. Hey, I'm there. All right. Same time, same place. Sounds like a deal. Thanks our head coach, Jeremy Carlson, and the Blackhawks media relations staff for setting that up. Thanks to our producer, Curtis Koken, to Brett Jackson for spinning the dials. It is 8 o'clock coming up after the news with Vic Vaughn from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. It's Phil Manicki. I'm Chris Bowden for Nick Guzmati. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next week.